Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. When a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, uh, and other times we review material that is adult in nature. So keep that in mind while you listen to this week's episode. Uh, ben! What's going on with you, buddy? Who the hell was that? <laughs> Me. Oh. I have a nicer uh, voice all of a sudden. Yeah, that's, you should keep talking like a that. A younger, like college-educated voice. Oh. Uh, what's going on with you, big cat? Eh, yeah, not much. Yeah. You're doing crazy I'm, stuff. Uh, what's going on with you? Trying to teach a bell to ring, or teach a cat to ring a bell to get a treat. <laughs> it's not going well. The cat is old and ill tempered. We went to get a beer and a burger, and you're like, I have nothing to talk about my personal life. I just what the hell that is this? Now. This is a, yeah, that's the thing. So, go on, be fast. What? Do it. A cat to ring a bell. Go on. Yeah, so, like, I got this bell off of Amazon, like a little bell that would be at the reception desk of a hotel or something, <laughs> trying to train the cat to <laughs> ring the bell and then get a treat. But the cat's 14 years old and very ill-tempered, so it's been a lot of hissing and scratching, and it hasn't <laughs> successfully rung the bell yet. So. It hasn't? No, it has not. Do you balance the treat on the bell? Like, how does it know oh, no, to hit like, it? So, we start off by we're trying to get the cat to ring the bell. So you start off, like, if the cat looks at the bell, you give it a treat. <laughs> so the cat starts to associate the bell with a treat. <laughs> and then if the cat, like... Moves towards the bell, yeah. you give it a treat then. And now yeah. we're at the stage where the cat gets a treat if it like sniffs the bell. So, the next step, hopefully, is the cat, we're gonna stop giving a treat just for sniffing the bell. We need the cat to ring the bell. Put a cat toy on the bell, and then when it smacks it off, you give it a treat. I mean, you just skip past all these stages. I had COVID last week. Well, let's move on. We have okay? guests this episode. Are you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Can you still smell and taste things? I could smell things the whole time. Okay. Uh, I, we have guests that are waiting. Uh, I basically, the way I knew that my COVID wasn't out of control was my kids came back from their grandma's house with a bag full of chocolate-covered popcorn, and I told them, this is not yours anymore. This is my solid. Like This is my standard. So what I do is I crack it open every morning, take a big whiff, and like, I could smell the chocolate and the popcorn. And then I knew my COVID is out of control. The, the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, it's the, the canary in the, the coal mine, exactly. As soon as I couldn't smell that, then I would just slice my own throat in the bathroom. Okay, so we have a guest on this week. That got dark. We have two. Are you done? We have two people. Are you? <laughs> we have two people from the Unsighted <laughs> podcast. Do you guys want to talk about yourselves? Introduce yourself, Amy and Chantel. If that is your real name. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Surprisingly, yes. Hi, I'm Amy. Yeah, I'm... Glenn Nuzzles is the only one who's paranoid enough to use a fucking alias. Amy was talking. You're the worst at guests. Go on. I'm sorry, Amy. Please continue. I'm the talent. <laughs> you're not. You're not even good looking. Keep going, Amy. I feel like Ben and I are basically the same person in relation to our podcast relationship to our other hosts. Um, so I'm the comic relief of Unsighted, an English literature podcast, and mm. my co-host is Chantel, and she's the brains. And I pull all the weight, and I edit all the podcasts, and I comment on all the Twitters, and I'm the reason we know you guys. Hi. Chantel. So Chantel is the one I've been talking to. I have no idea which one is which. And I even said at one point in one of our DMs, I'm like, don't even tell me who you are. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> and it turns out I was wrong. I thought you were Amy You're the whole time. very wrong. I said <laughs> Amy a lot of times. So I don't know how you didn't figure you it out. You did. I know. Because I'm not that great. Well, I wasn't like sifting. Like I wasn't keeping a database of every comment you've ever made. Well, <laughs> trying to figure out which And one. if you've listened to any book boys in the past, you'll know. Glenn Nuzzles. Misses a lot of details like that. Crucial details. I have to bleep that out. You used my Christian name again. 
There oh. are religious people after me. <laughs> I can't I'm let trying, them know who I am. They write I'm bad sorry, fiction. Glenn and they're so angry. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's good to Do find you. Want me here, just quiet, and then I'll just Glenn nuzzles, and then you can put that in now when you need to. Replace it. <laughs> ben only had one beer tonight, and he's already off the rails. You can use that as that your like, bleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just back up for our guests? Um, <laughs> if they do, if our dozens of listeners want to check them out, uh, what, what's the name of your podcast again? And where can well, they we do find that at it? the end? All right, fine. Do it well, we'll do it right now. No, 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 no. Go on, talk about yourself. Sure. Yeah, um, we we can do that because we do that with no mistakes every time we have to record. Um, <laughs> it's Unsighted, an English lit podcast, and, and how do you spell that? Then come on. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you're English looking major? for it. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> what do you think I am? Well, so it's not U-N-S-I-G-H-T-E-D. It's not a podcast for or about blind people. <laughs> ben, that was great. That was fantastic. That was yeah. <laughs> That's funny because actually, though, there's this thing called sight passages in uh, like English studies. And I still do not know if it's spelled unsighted like our podcast u-n-c-i-t-e or like sight like your eyes um so i feel you man it's sight like your eyes because you're looking at the passage i think but it's a citation chantel mother of pearl go on talk about where people can find you they just did let's keep this moving they just said the name of their show they didn't give their socials Okay. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of other places I can't remember. And we are on Twitter <laughs> at Unsighted Pod or Instagram, also at Unsighted Pod. There we go. Cool. Are you happy now, Ben? Yeah. Okay, can we move on with the show? Check them out. They literally have limited time. Do they? I don't know. I'm just saying that. To yeah. Keep moving. Okay, gotta keep the train moving. I know you don't have anything else to do. That's for goddamn sure. Do you got anything from Sweet Gretchen? I do, actually. Are you still looking it up? I well, as always, I come into this cold. I, does she, Jesus Christ! She <laughs> ben and I are the oh. same person. I just gonna are. say, you really are. <laughs> well, I just I don't want uh, Gretchen's backyard blast bird blurb to be spoiled for me, so I don't read it ahead of time. She sends it to me. I see the text come in, but I don't look at them. So, so. you're just scrolling through, going, Jesus Christ! Like she, well, I'm just her husband like, or something, and then she's like giving you like, that's a lot. She's having problems in her marriage. I, you should answer those texts. That's a lot of pre. That's a lot of Gretchen. If you, if you need someone to talk to, I'm here for you. Or me. Yeah, or that. Or Chantel. Go on. You got All it right. yet? Gretchen's backyard blast bird. Blurb. No, be more exciting. Go on. Gretchen's say. backyard blast bird blurb. That's more fun. <laughs> In honor of our Canadian guests, I, I gave Gretchen a little teaser. Oh well, wow, wow. so That's fun. Yeah. Taylor for you. <laughs> uh, do oh yeah? Do we need to sing O Canada first or something? Oh, okay, let's just move the fuck out. No, we're not American. <laughs> we're not obsessed with our national anthem. <laughs> we actually have a maple leaf on every surface in this home. Yeah. So <laughs> speak for yourself, Amy. <laughs> and and syrup, I'm assuming everything's sticky. And <laughs> yes. I was shocked to see a pet dog and not a moose. <laughs> oh, oh boy, well, we're really going. We're starting out nice and hot right now. A yeah. moose is bigger than this whole place. <laughs> I wish you guys, uh, yeah, that's true. They're gigantic, like 12 feet tall. Also, I wish you guys would have opened up being like, so how many guns you got? Do you use guns to turn <laughs> off your lights? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, you opened the- with, I have COVID, so. Uh. 
Oh, yikes. In honor of our Canadian guests, we will learn a bit about the Canadian national bird of prey, the great gray owl. The national bird of Canada is the gray jay, but we already did that, so. <laughs> the great gray owl Did is... she say that? We yes. already did that, so? Yep. Oh, nice. The like, great... got deflated in Can I... text. Do you want me to talk or not? Are we trying to keep this moving All right, I gotta keep this You're moving. sending keep me mixed signals. All right, let's go on. I'm trying to keep it on the rails now. <laughs> go! The great gray owl is very large, the largest owl species by length. It does not have ear tufts like great horned owls. It has the largest face of any raptor. They breed in North America as far east as Quebec. It's got a pan face? Did you say, like, ear tusks? What did you say about the ears? It does not have ear tufts. Oh, tuft. I thought it was tusks. No, like tusks. Coming. All right. It's got a pan face, though. Okay, go on. Largest face of any raptor. Big old pan face. Yep. Uh, they breed in North America as far east as Quebec to the Pacific coast and Alaska. And from Finland and Estonia across northern Asia. Wow, where it gets around. <laughs> they don't migrate, but occasionally move south if food is scarce. Even though they are found in Europe, the first great gray owl recognized by science was found in Canada in the late 18th century. <laughs> great gray owls do not build nests, but typically use nests previously used by another large bird. The usual clutch size is four eggs. A clutch? Yeah. Nice. I guess That's so. what you call like a series of eggs, a I, clutch. I guess so. I thought that was like a purse. Oh, right, cute. <laughs> a purse? <clears throat> yeah, a clutch. Men have clutches. Oh, I thought you meant that was, you thought eggs were called a clutch. <laughs> oh, look at that purse in that nest up there. You've got <laughs> six eggs in that purse. <laughs> That's a solid purse. Okay. Go on. The young jump or fall from the nest at three to four weeks and start <laughs> to fly, <laughs> start to fly one to two weeks later. So wait, so they they're, leave the nest and they're just like running around the ground for a week. They or just two? leap out of those things, just hit the ground like yeah. open a week from now, like start flying. Why don't they just wait till they can? Stupid Is that why they were not legs. recognized by science? Because someone just saw little baby owls jumping out of the tree and they were like, "That's not real." Yeah. I love that somebody's like, "I've been seeing these owls. I live in this area. I see hundreds of them." And some scientists like, "Done count till I've seen them." <laughs> <laughs> I don't recognize that yet. <laughs> During this period, the young must use their beaks and feet to climb back into trees. Well, just stay in the goddamn trees. Stop What's the hell's wrong with these pan-faced owls? Jump out of trees and they're not ready yet. The mother is on guard at this time and is aggressive towards predators. When they're on the ground? Yes. Okay. I've... Just stewing around? Well, yeah, you gotta protect them. Yeah, well, hey, mom, why don't you keep your birds in the nest? How about that? Got another week till they start flying. Yeah. Still looking for an uh, excuse to attack predators. Just keep keep your birds safe. Jeez. Bunch of dumb shits. Once again, you got, where are the parents? <laughs> If I go on, got three week old birds running around on the ground. Where are the parents? Keep moving. Keep the train going. <laughs> Once the young start to fly, the mother withdraws and the father will continue to feed the young until they can hunt on their own. Oh, he's a nice dad. They have excellent hearing and can locate prey under two feet of snow. That's why they're Canadian. <laughs> it's because you guys can locate prey. A lot of Canadian animals are like that. Foxes are also like that. Uh, really? Like, what are the prey? Just mice? What else would they be? Not yeah. s- winter snakes. What else there would there no, be? No, mice. Um, rats. Some rats. Rats? Um, Whole rats? Oh, yeah. The, um, minks? Chipmunks. Uh, minks makes it. Chipmunks? Well, chipmunks. But chipmunks just bite. I like that you said squirrels. Like, winter squirrels that just burrow through snow. Yeah. I don't think they oh, do. It. Maybe. I mean, we have But you squirrels. don't know because you can't see them because they're under the snow. I got squirrels, too, yeah. around here in the beautiful city of Minneapolis, which is just right underneath the belly of Canada. 
but uh, they don't burrow in like like little snaking through the <laughs> snow or anything. You don't see like giant when the snow melts. You don't see these giant long snake trails coming from uh, squirrels. Anyway, so uh, do you know what is an owl's favorite drink? Ah, uh, Christ! I'm not answering these. The guests can. What's an owl's favorite drink? Go on. Amy a hooter. That's hoot beer. You were very close. What type of books do owls like to read? Not my problem. I call on Chantel. <laughs> Answer the question. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Literature. <laughs> no, the correct answer is who done it? That's better. Literature. <laughs> Wing books. <laughs> I love that. So that's amazing. <laughs> what do you get when you cross an owl with an oyster? Not my problem. Amy's turn. Salty. <laughs> Pearls of wisdom. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, you got to think about that one. Oh, that's not uh, a bad one. Okay. I like that right. one. Now, Glenn, this one's for you. You can't pawn this off on our guests. I'm pawning it off on the guests. Knock, knock. I'm not doing that. Knock, knock. I'm not doing it. Knock, knock. The guests. Knock, knock. No, you you two stay quiet. Knock, knock, Glenn. Who's there? Owl. <laughs> Owl who? Owl will be seeing you. I hate that. Knock, knock. <laughs> not my turn. Knock, knock. Okay, Chantel. Knock, knock. Who's there? Cargo. Cargo. Oh, I don't know. Cargo so who? Uh, nope. I will go who. Cargo beep beep. <gasps> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, that one's tricky. Yeah. That one's tricky. It's like good, I think. Yeah. Is that it? Are we done? That's it. That's it. Thank you, Gretchen, as always. Thank yeah, you, Gretchen. Oh, yeah. We're Everyone obsessed with Gretchen. Gretchen. <laughs> yeah. Gretchen's my favorite podcast character. So <laughs> character? <laughs> we should have Gretchen on for real sometime. What does your mom sound like? Why don't you make something of your life? <laughs> oh, God, here we go. <laughs> you can't do spreadsheets forever. When are you going to get a real job? <laughs> well, we're going to move on. <laughs> Uh, what's up? Uh, new, I have new books for teens. What was this supposed to be the segment called again? New. What's up? New books for teens that slap. That slap. Oh, yeah. Mm, I hate that. I that's know. not what kids say at all. And they don't. Like oh, yeah, that's right. They say it's uh, on fleek. It's You're done. based now. God. Oh, really? Oh, it's based. Yeah. Can, we've right. moved on. We're, we're too old based? now. No. Is based like stupid or is based uh, real tits? <laughs> It's no real tits. <laughs> is it real tits? Based as tits? That doesn't sound like it would be. I once uh, smoked a cigarette outside a woman's house, and uh, she opened up the door and said, don't smoke on my front porch. That's basic. And then closed the door. <laughs> and I sat <laughs> there going, like, i Is that a John like, Mulaney joke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. Was... Wait, were you just smoking on some random person's... Ah, it's Ronnie's friend's house. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I thought so, you were just like going around there, but well, that looks like a good portion of <laughs> Just pull my car up. <laughs> what is that, a stoop? I stop my car and run up under their steps. That's actually all Americans do. You just are on porches all the time. We don't have porches here. That's the American experience. 
<laughs> it's just porches. Yeah, Glenn just drives around in presumably his Chevrolet uh, with an open can of Budweiser looking for <laughs> porches to smoke on. <laughs> I love that so far we figured out that Americans are all about getting COVID, shooting guns, and sitting on people's porches that the, the, the house they don't own. Yeah. That's fantastic. I'm learning so much about myself yeah. right now. Don't tell a soul! My grandpa fought in World War II, so you could have the ability to do that, okay? <laughs> Ungrateful bastard. To be an asshole? Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell a soul by Kristen Miller. Uh, category is teen young adult fiction. You want to learn about it? Sure you do. Uh, stay up all night with this modern day Rebecca. Well, that's a book I know about, and Orson Welles made a movie out of it that was really weird. Perfect for fans of Truly Devious, a haunting story about a new girl in town filled with dark secrets that just might kill her. Uh, uh, in, in italics, people say the house is cursed. It preys on the weakest, and the young women are its favorite victims. That's weird. In Luth, they're called the Dead Girls... So that's a weird little preamble. All Bram wanted was to disappear from her old life, her family's past, and from the scandal uh, that continues to haunt her, the only place left to go is Luth. Ah, the tiny town on the Hudson River where her uncle, James, has been renovating an old mansion. But James is haunted by his own ghost. Are you still trying to look up the book, Ben, to correct me? Did you I'm find just it? following along. Jesus. Months earlier, his beloved wife died in a fire. That people I, I say have to correct set. you on something else, though. But go on. We'll get do to it now. Later. No, go ahead. Do it now. Rebecca was uh, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, Orson shit. Wells. You're right. Yeah. Damn it. You're right. Well, I tried to be a smarty, and I lost. Yeah. But James haunted by his own... Where the hell did I leave off? Haunted by his own ghost. Months earlier, his beloved wife died in a fire that people say was set by her daughter. What? The tragedy left James... No way. ...a shell of a man that Bram knew and destroyed half the house he'd so lovingly restored. The manor is creepy, and so are the locals. <laughs> the people of Luth don't want outsiders like Bram in their town. Uh, with each passing day, uh, she's discovering that the rumors that they spread are just disturbing the secrets they hide. Most frightening of all are the legends they tell about the dead girls. Girls whose lives were cut short in the very house Bram now calls home. Oh, the terrifying reality is that the dead girls may never have uh, left the manor. And if Bram looks too hard into the town's haunted past, she might not either. So that's Don't Tell a Soul by Kristen Miller. Uh, you can get paperback January 18th from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, which is a shit show. I looked into it. It's called BAM. Bam. The website's BAM. Yeah, don't go there. Stupid. You got yeah. Books A Million. It's a great name. Don't yeah. call it BAM. Yeah. You wasted your talents. Yeah. And uh, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's, Target, and Bookshop.org, where Ben's going to do his thing. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it, because Bookshop.org <laughs> is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Head over to Bookshop.org slash shop slash Nuzzle House to... Uh, by whatever book what the hell just happened wow I don't, I don't remember what you're was slipping it. yeah it's because you got COVID ones it, it is <laughs> yeah it really messed me up so yeah buy books there bookshop.org great place and great people Walmart they don't you keep stealing it from me like a pile of oh, shit I thought you want you were backing away from the mic I thought you wanted to because I was going to scream not into the microphone well, and blow it. everyone sees you clean, clean that up and I don't post. know how the hell you can we do have it. a show well moving on next segment This week, we're going to be uh, reviewing An Abundance of Catherines by John Green. 
Uh, this was brought up by which one of you two? Which one of you two picked this one? Which one loves it the most? Aimster. I think it was me. <laughs> it wasn't? <laughs> well, Chantel picked a children's series, and I was like, I'm not getting into a series. Fuck that. Mm. So... Yeah. In my defense, it was a standalone first book that was turned into a series. Which is the worst kind. <laughs> no, not this. This wasn't. Oh my gosh. This this should not be. Mm-mm. I was so. going to say, I have so much to say. We'll find out later. All right. I got a good call on staying away from the series. We made that mistake with Twilight, and we'll never do that again. Uh, these two uh, were nice enough to yeah. actually support our show yeah. when I said, we're going to get real drunk and read this. And then uh, and that's when Chantel says, let me help you, which just memes, memes yeah. all over the place. <laughs> it was amazing. Solid memeing there. Thank Background so of the book. Yeah. It was released in the, the golden year of 2006. The novel includes an appendix by Daniel Bliss, a close friend of Green that explains some of the more complex equations used by the main character, Colin Singleton. I never read the appendix. Yeah, I skipped that too. Did I, you? Okay. Did anyone no, read the appendix no on that? that I've point. read it at one point in time, like the first time I read it. Um, mm-hmm. But turns out I have um, dyscalculia, which is like a math problem in my brain. So I didn't read it again this time around and I remember nothing about it. So. Oh, well, well, what is that? Explain that. I wonder it's if like I have that. Dyslexia before your brain. So, like, I can't, I don't, like, I see numbers in my head. I can't do yeah. basic arithmetic. Thank um, you. I have the same fucking problem. Yeah, I was in basic math my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> it cost me $2,000 to get diagnosed with something I was sure I had. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, it's, well, I dyslexia math. Up it's great. For you. What? I love that doctor oh, tells you when it diagnoses you and oh. you're just like, well, that's cool. Yeah, I know already. And the doctor's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you still have to pay me. And you're like, but I knew the entire time <laughs> I've been living it, you asshole. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. So, so I, I didn't read it uh, and I didn't want to because of the same goddamn problem. John Green mentioned uh, in Brotherhood 2.0, a video blog he created with his brother on December 10th, 2007, that rights had been bought to make his book into a movie. And he was asked to write the screenplay. On his website, it states that the project was abandoned, uh, though a different production company currently has the rights with hope for the future. In an interview with uh, Josh Horowitz in 2014, Green stated that the exception of Looking for Alaska, uh, Paramount Films had rights to it, uh, all his his books were in control in regard to their fill. Uh, uh, all his books were in his control in regard to his film adaptation. Good for him. So, background on the author: Born the 24th of uh, August 1977, and weirdly, he's not dead yet. Uh, American author, YouTube content creator, and podcaster. He Wait, why? Th- why would he be dead? Yeah, why would he be dead? I don't know. I'm just used to naming off people's uh, death dates too. Whenever oh. I do this segment, oh so God. it's just weirdly, he's still alive. Weird. That's kind of fun for me for once. Uh, he's out there breathing, and it makes me happy. He won the 2006 Prince Award for his debut novel, Looking for Alaska. His several subsequent books debuted number one for the New York Times bestseller list, including his most popular novel, The Fault in Our Stars. The 2014 film da- adaptation of The Fault in Our Stars opened at number one at the box office. It that was movie co- was based. Ah! <laughs> oh, look at Ben. Taking a full circle. Good for you. That was very good. That was a good callback. <laughs> in 2014, Green was included in Time Magazine's list of the 100 most influential people in the world. You know who else once had that title? Stephanie Meyer had that title. No, that title <laughs> means did. nothing. It's like the New York Times bestseller <laughs> title. 
Thank you. Yes, someone's finally listening. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on. I got to keep the train moving. Uh, another film yeah, based on the a great job of that so far. Green novel. Yeah. Uh, Paper Towns was released on the 24th of July, 19, or 20, 2015. Aside from being a, a novelist, Green is well known for his online content creation, which is where my daughter knows about both the Greens, the Green Brothers. Uh, he's out there creating beautiful content that no one ever criticizes. Uh, most notably, his YouTube ventures in 2007, he launched the Vlog Brothers channel with his brother, Hank Green. Since then, John and Hank have launched events such as the Project for Awesome and VidCon and created a number of online series including the Crash Course, an educational channel, teaching literature, history, science, other topics. Uh, John also uh, hosts a weekly comedy podcast, uh, Dear Hank John. Anyone else got any uh, fun tidbits about these brothers? Because I only vaguely know about them from my children. You guys have any fun tidbits, any personal experiences with the uh, Greens? Um, well, well, they're how we met. It's because of them that we met. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. Go on. Project for Awesome has a slogan, don't forget to be awesome. And Amy had DFTBA written on her dorm door when I walked by oh, it the first time. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> and that's how you became friends? We met yeah. and then we went for a walk in a forest and she didn't kill me. So now we're here. <laughs> Guess how many times I've heard that exact sentence. <laughs> <laughs> today. Just today. Just once. <laughs> uh, I love that she's got that on her door. Did you just open the door and just walk in and be like, hello? I will no, never so forget. I wasn't and they became even, friends. <laughs> I wasn't even in my room. We were like walking like in opposite directions and she was like, oh, DFTV to like her mom. And I was like, hi, that's me. And the rest is history. So Oh, so you were outside the room when she pointed it out. Yeah, and oh, yeah, it's not like I, I like broke into her room afterwards and was like, <laughs> you know, I also like John Green. <laughs> it was it's a like real meet cute. <laughs> was it a meet cute? <laughs> it was better yeah, meet cute than like... Colin and Lindsay, for sure. Yes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh, theirs was fine. Oh yeah, we should move into the story. Okay. Uh, what, don't you have to clap or something? No, go. <laughs> All right, so we got uh, An Abundance of Catherines by John Green, whose uh, net worth is $17 million, I just found out. <laughs> good for him. Well, he writes good books. He should Lord. be able to retire comfortably off of that. Yeah. I thought it would have been higher than that with the movie adaptations and whatnot. Well, he gives a lot of his money away. Like, he's a big philanthropist. That's foolish. Does he really? No, seriously. Yeah. Well, like, to what? Um, so there's a project for Awesome, which is, like, um, a fundraising thing that with the community for the, the Vlogbrothers people that he has, but they also um, are building a hospital in Sierra Leone with Partners oh, in Health um, yeah. to, like, reduce, uh, like, motherly mortality and that kind of stuff. Um, so they, like, they match a lot of the donations that are given through these various projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even think they receive any money anymore from their, like, main YouTube channels. Um, they just give that directly to charity. So seriously, there's a reason yeah. why my kids can't stop talking about these guys. Because I'm like, yeah. I've seen their TikToks and stuff. Like, oh, you're funny. I get it. My kids like, no, I seriously love him. Like, why? Why do you love this strange man? Well, now I know why. Jesus, they give all their money away. That's pretty amazing. They're decent they do, people. Like, they do the yeah. exact thing that all rich people should be doing. I know. Trust me, I could go off forever about. Uh, Elon Musk, who literally said, I'll donate money if you can prove that it is not being funneled off to illegal. I'll stop. Go on, Ben. Do your thing. All right. So an abundance of Catherine's. Uh, we have a, a tale here of uh, Colin Singleton. He's a 17-year-old uh, former child prodigy. Mm-hmm. We 
we learned that uh, being a prodigy is not the same as being a genius. And mm-hmm. He's uh, kind of struggling with that a little bit. He's doesn't know if he matters. Yeah, he feels good. Um, so he is. Has Asperger's or something? I don't know. He's somewhere on the spectrum, it seems like. I don't think they ever he, say. He, yeah, no, I'm reading between the lines. He's very he's, coded he's, autistic. He, he has yeah, uh, right. poor social skills. He doesn't read other people very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dating history uh, consists entirely of a girl's women named Catherine. And that's spelled in only one way. The alternate spellings are not allowed. So you don't K-A- like Kathy. T-H-E-R-I-N-E-S. Gotta start with the K yeah. every single time. Yeah. It's the only way he likes them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the book opens. We uh, discover Colin has been dumped by uh, Catherine number 19. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, he's feeling really down. So you know what's going to cheer him up? He and his uh, Muslim friend Hassan are going to go on a road trip. Yeah. They're, they're going to leave Chicago. They're going to hop in the car. They're going to hit the road, okay? <laughs> they're going to sort out Colin's problems <laughs> on the open road. Uh, so they end up in Tennessee. And they... Uh, Colin sees a sign for this little podunk town in Tennessee is apparently the final resting place, final resting place of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. One beer. One beer. That's all it takes. <laughs> You're like a 12-year-old. Go on. So he sees a sign in the freeway like, oh, yeah, we got to go see Franz Ferdinand. Uh, so they, Not they, the band. Not the band. No, the, the guy. The guy who got killed to start World War One. Which would make more sense, because as soon as I read that, where it's like there's a, <clears throat> there's a grave for the Archduke Franz Ferdinand here in the middle of nowhere in America, I'm like, well, obviously not. Like, yeah. it's got to be the band? Like, the lead singer died? Is that, yeah. like, the mix-up? Is that the cute part? I don't know. But go on. No, no, it's supposed to literally be... The Archduke. Yeah, which it just, that's false. He's buried in Austria in real life, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they, they pull off the freeway, and they find themselves as a little... Uh, the sleepy little town of Gutshot, Tennessee. <laughs> Dumb name. No, it's not. It has to do with Franz Ferdinand. He got shot in the gut. Yeah, and also boxing. Yeah, that's true. Boxing. Yeah. Getting punched in the gut. Above the belt. Yeah. Don't punch anyway, that's here. Nah, I got it. Go on. So, yeah, they uh, they stop in the store, this little general store that does the tours of uh, the grave of Mr. Ferdinand. And they're like, uh, oh, oh, look at our luck. There's a manic pixie dream girl working here, and she's going to give us a tour <laughs> of the graveyard. So, uh, Lindsay, I think so, yeah. This book was uh, kind of twee, I would say. Can you guys translate twee for me? <laughs> Isn't that, like, kind of... Innocent it's, like, kitschy? Yeah. Kitchy? Yeah, like, really, oh. really cute and kind of quirky. And but, like, in a, like, eh kind of way, like, you know, like, not like really great. Like, Zoe is twee, I think, back like that. It, it was big when this book came out, too. I think, like, mid-2000s to early 2010s was kind of... I suppose. Kind of big for twee stuff. We can ar- argue about that later. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they uh, they meet this manic pixie, pixie dream girl who gives them a tour of the graveyard. They see Franz Ferdinand's grave, and then uh, her, her name is Lindsay. And uh, Lindsay's boyfriend shows up. His name is, get this, it's also Colin. And just, he gets the like other Colin. Yeah, yeah, the, the other, other Colin. Colin. He gets yeah. the abbreviation T-O-C. T-O-C, the other Colin. Which I instantly forgot what that was supposed to mean. As I yeah. kept seeing talk, talk showing up, I'm like, oh, who the hell's that? I have no idea. <laughs> what does that mean? I forgot. But go on. Yeah, this, on. Is, this is what I was talking about before when you, uh, you, your inability to pick up on basic details like that. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Keep going. All right, so uh, Lindsay, turns out her mom owns the factory in town, the factory that uh, 
manufacturers. It's a textile factory, but the textile they make is tampon strings. <laughs> <laughs> ah, for fuck's sake. Uh, and so it's she's, a solid uh, textile. Okay, I, okay, it's a I'm needed not, textile. It's a needed textile. I'm not a manufacturing expert, but Around I kind of doubt that tampons are assembled in different. Er, there's just one building where the entire tampon is made. I don't think the string is made in one facility, and like the applicator comes from somewhere else, and like they ship it to some assembly line somewhere else. To I think it all comes out of one building. That right. was hey, my exact no. thoughts. When I was reading it, I was like, there's no way they're like shipping tampon strings to be attached to like the cloth part of the tampon. Anyway, isn't that quirky? They make tampon strings. So um, (laughs) Lindsay's mom, Hollis is her name, uh, invites Colin and Hassan to like stay at her huge house on the hill. And uh, she's going to hire him on as uh, archivist or something to talk to all the townspeople. Yep. Get their stories. Yes. Uh, Yes. So they do that, and uh, uh, there's some romance going on. Obviously, uh, Colin doesn't realize in the book, but the readers should be well aware that he and Lindsay are... Yeah, they feelings for each other, yeah. Yeah, they, they kind of get each other a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They have a pretty good yeah, rapport. Smooch, smooch. Yeah. I hear you say it. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for it. I yeah. clapped at the end of the book. Did Go you? on. All right. Oh. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Hassan is uh, kind of dating this uh, other... And uh, an incredibly beautiful, yeah. uh, but... Uh, anyway, uh, another friend. Whatever. Her name's Katrina, and she was under constant character assassination. Okay. Oh, character assassination, yeah. because he liked right. her. But so they go on a, a pig Fine. hunt. They're, they go out into the woods to shoot some wild pigs, um, and then Colin and Hassan get stung by hornets, and then they see uh, Katrina fucking TOC, the other Colin, in the graveyard, and then they tell Lindsay, and then... Uh, the other Colin kind of beats up everybody, but then everyone's happily over after after that. Okay, you done now? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Talk about the character assassination, because she was supposed to be beautiful and wild and free, uh, and she was hooking up with TOC. Yeah. Um, talk. Talk. Uh... Katrina. So she was hooking up a TOC, and uh, but then she like kind of regretted. It. She's like, "Oh, Hassan, I still want to be with you," but he doesn't understand the complexities of her sexuality. Uh, do you got any opinions about that? You said his character assassination. Go. I mean, I thought that like before we found out she was doing that, she was just a regular high school girl, and I don't know yeah. why everyone was ragging on her so much. Like Colin said that she was hot in the popular bleach teeth and anorexia way, which was Colin's <laughs> least favorite <laughs> way right. of being hot, <laughs> and I was just like. Like, I need to pause this audiobook right now. The, what is going on? I, I it's think not, Colin's it's, supposed to be likable, but he's absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't think he is, no. but I will get to that later. But it's not the only part, the only time he refers to people about, like, their weight and how they look like. And it's kind of like there's a yeah. lot of body shaming going on. There um, is a lot of body shaming. And he's very misogynistic. And I'm like, Colin, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, His also, friend Hassan has man boobs, as we find out. Yeah, and then also Hassan's, like, really cool with go ahead and make fun of my body. That was one thing I was kind of yeah. surprised at. I was like, this is a weird dynamic in a friendship. It's like, yeah, I got man boobs. He's like, yeah, yeah, you got man boobs. He's like, I know. And they just go back and forth for a while about it. And I'm like, this is really unhealthy. Like, he gets <laughs> mad when Colin says he doesn't have man boobs. I think Hassan's <laughs> got a lot of body he, issues. <laughs> He's like, admit I, it, I have them. 
Look, I'm going to take off my shirt in front of you, and I just had a shower, so they're wet and everything. They're wet and everything. <laughs> I did not catch any of that. Oh, I listened to most of it. Just, I listened to the audiobook, and I listened to most of it while shoveling other people's driveways, because okay. everyone in my neighborhood's old as hell with hard conditions. So I'm just out there shoveling, listening to this book over and over, so I missed a lot of stuff. Okay. Don't get angry. I was being just, a good Samaritan. You just get defensive when I say that you miss things, but you're admitting yourself that you're missing all this stuff. Because I was I doing it for the greater good of old people in my neighborhood that can't trouble Just say snow. that then. Just don't deny. Like, I catch every detail. You're full of it. Well, I got notes. Um. <laughs> Orson Welles, really? Come on. I, I know. I screwed that one up. Look, I'm just a man. But yes, Chantel, you were saying um, assassination of her character. Oh, yeah. And Lindsay is like, yeah, she's my best friend, but she's easier than a four-piece jigsaw puzzle. So Hey-o. everyone's like hating on Katrina, and I yeah. was like, "Oh, they they've got to like subvert this, right? They've got to like show that she's yeah. actually got substance, and that's why she starts dating Hassan, and then it's like now she immediately cheats on him." Yeah, she was yeah, having sex with, with TOC at the graveyard. Yeah, that's right, yeah. and uh, just completely naked. And they also take in just kind of soak in how beautiful she looks naked yeah. and stuff. So <laughs> weird. <laughs> I know. But no, they didn't redeem her. You're right. Because I was waiting for the same thing, and that kind of wasn't happening. Um, I have... Oh, one of my things was... Hassan's introduced with a pursuit guy of Lebanese descent burst into Colin's room without knocking. So I looked up pursuit, which just means covered in hair, uh, covered with stiff, coarse hairs, and rough with hair, set with bristles and shaggy. So it's not really flattering to begin with, and I don't, I couldn't decide if it was insulting or not. I think I landed on it's not insulting, but the way Hassan talks about his religion is in a way I've never experienced anyone that I ever knew at a young age that were like, I knew Jehovah's Witnesses, I knew people that were Islamic, I knew people that were Jewish and stuff. They never talked about their, because they're teenagers, all they want to talk about is like pop culture and sex. And so I thought it was a little weird that Hassan was constantly talking about his religion and everything else and like constantly telling Colin like you should be believing in God and that kind of thing, which I couldn't tell if it was sarcastic or if he really wanted him to. So that whole thing, I was just like, I can't tell if I like this or not. And by the end of the book, I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, a I lot of people actually had a problem with the depiction of Hassan. And I can see it because... Please the, explain like, that then. The thing he says to Colin all the time is, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it, but it, Colin roughly translates it to infidel. And he's always calling Colin oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the... Uh, that's right. I meant to make a note of that and I totally forgot about that. What was the word he kept calling him? Kafir. 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 That's right. Which and I don't know what that means. I meant to go look it up. It, well, it means the infidel. Colin yeah. said it's <laughs> Again, that's an one of the insulting... details that was in the book, if you would have caught it. Fine. Go on. Let them speak. There are <laughs> guests. Colin says that it's a not nice word for a non-Muslim person that roughly is translated to infidel usually. But it's like, if I feel like if it's if you had one English-speaking character in like a French book or something, and they were like constantly calling people the C word, it's like, is that the... Like the swear you know in the other language. Right, right. See, I also like, so I perceived it in two ways. One, let's say you have like a Jewish character who just calls all their friends Gentile because they're not Jewish. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Or like, you know how. Which I, sorry, Colin Colin is Jewish and they refer to Colin is Jewish. Oh, about, I think I counted five times. Sorry. So please continue. Yeah. The other way is like, you know, sometimes how girls and like women are portrayed in like this very stereotypical way where they call each other bitch, but like as friends. Oh, mm. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's it, it's derogatory. You don't want to call somebody a bitch, but like they're perceived, they're like portrayed as being like, oh, you're just my bitch. Um, <laughs> and I felt like it was it had that same vibe. So like, it's not a good portrayal, and I don't necessarily like it, yeah, but it's a portrayal. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, I feel so like for this, there. him to get away with doing this, like the author would also have to be Muslim. Yeah, exactly. Is he? He is not. No, but okay, he, not. he has a he has a minor in Islamic studies, so he's done his research. So it's yeah. okay. Kind of. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying. It's all right. I'm not trying to say that there aren't kids in high school that are very religious and talk about their religion a lot around their friends. I never personally experienced, so it really seemed heavy-handed, but not in like an insulting way. But the fact that it was so constantly brought up about you should believe in God and like making God references and God, God, God that I was like, this doesn't seem really realistic and I'm like kind of a little bit uncomfortable listening to it, but really he's not doing anything wrong when he's writing about it. But at the same time, it felt weird. And so I couldn't figure out what to do. Like I just kept floating there. Like I, am I offended or not? I have no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> no, I was going to say it felt borderline like evangelical Christian, which um, yeah. like is a thing right. in the US, but not really here. Um, and I was like, yeah. oh, this is just how the U.S. people talk about their religion. And I just brush it off. Nah, yeah, I know. I, well, like I said, I knew I grew up with a kid who was Jehovah's Witness. He never talked about his religion at all. And that is a very culty, culty religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, his parents were off the handle. They gave all their money away because they thought the world was ending and stuff. And he had to go with them to a commune and everything. And then he came back like a month later. Like, yeah, the world didn't end. So my parents are broke. So we're in a hotel room. But he never talked about his religion because he's a teenager. He just wants to be a normal teenager. And he's embarrassed by all that. So that's all this Hassan stuff. I'm like, it doesn't seem really real. But I mean, I guess there's probably evangelical Christians out there that won't shut up. I'm sure they're out there. I never do one. That's an interesting story and an interesting point. But counterpoint, um, I invited a friend who was a Jehovah's Witness to my 16th birthday party, and he brought conversion pamphlets for everyone. <laughs> Happy birthday. Shut up, for real? Yes. <laughs> Did it work? What was his uh, conversion? Did it work? Are oh, yeah. Everyone, like, everyone left a different religion. Yeah. Every person. <laughs> everyone left. <laughs> the, the agnostic's like, well, I got to choose a side at some point, so I guess <laughs> these pamphlets make a lot of sense. <laughs> you're, really, a, you're really pulling my arm here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to no. go ahead and venture to guess you maybe didn't invite him to your 17th birthday. I did party. not. That okay. is a really good guess. Weird. He sounds like he's a very interesting person. <laughs> well, I, I have notes like Winky equals penis, Thunderstick oh. equals Hassan's penis, Fug and fugging was oh, really... That- I God, did, I did not know this until that's one of the things I'm going to say towards the end of this uh, episode is that's one of the things in this book where I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Why do I have to keep reading the word fug and fugging? F-U-G and F-U-G-G-I-N-G. Why? 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 It wasn't until towards the end of the book they explained that Norman Mailer in The Naked and the Dead, he was told to remove all the F words from his book. So then he he replaced them because he's he is pissed. So he placed yeah. like this beautiful piece of literature, I guess. I never read it with uh, just fug and fucking everywhere. Uh, and so that's kind of their running joke is that yeah. they say it to each other. I'm like, well, that explains it. I wish they had explained it earlier on because I spent 75% of the book like, stop saying I, that. Yeah, it was sick too. <laughs> and then, yeah, the stupid dick jokes got old in a hurry. Like, yeah, Thunderstick. Well, they're little kids. I, I know. I mean, they're not little I, kids, but, you know, they're... I got sick of reading that. Well, that's because you're an old man and you're reading a book for a 12-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and I just use words like penis. There's nothing wrong with that. Eh, hey, you use worse There's, things um, than penis. 
there's a lot of parts in here where I was like, this is clearly written for like a teen boy. Like, I don't mm, think like yeah. Green had like figured out the fact that his main audience was teen girls at this point. Like, I think Are he was they? so. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, you two disagree <laughs> with each other? <laughs> <laughs> no, like it's it's predominantly female, I think now, with like especially with the Fault in Our Stars having come out and that kind of stuff. Um, mm, and I sure. think he wasn't like at that point yet where he had figured out that that like gender hump existed kind of thing. Um, sure. And it's it's very that was a good term, gender hump. I, I, was gender hump. <laughs> I, I, I was keeping my mouth shut, but yeah, thank you for pointing that out because that was a great term that I in my head was like, don't say anything, shut up, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I had like a graph in my head, but I couldn't express it because I didn't learn math and English either. So I was like, you know, like a parabola. You know, like the bell curve is um, skewed towards one side. Um, it's a girl hump. It's just a girl hump. It's just a girl hump. <laughs> you need um, Colin for that. So Colin will figure out the girl hump. Exactly. Clearly. Um, but yeah, I think it was very much written for like teen boys. There's a lot of like teen boys jokes um, and like the teen boy perspective of girls. And I was just like, I'm over it. Thanks. It's funny because they're, they're 16 year old boys and they've got very like dick joke 16 year old boy humor but then they also think it's hilarious that like Norman Mailer had a big fuck you to his publisher um yeah so I don't know they've they've got interesting like sets of interests that's a really good point because yeah they're quirky they're tweet (laughs) here we go Ben brings it back to that no they do a lot of their inside jokes revolve around really specific things that it's like well then is that your is that the base of your relationship is that you have this literary thing with Norman Mailer or whatever but kind of (laughs) not like it just kind of like spreads over an entire area I forget what some of the other things I said were but it was just kind of all over the place and I was just like I don't get how their friendship I don't know Mostly you have friends that you like the same band or show or something, and then that's kind of where you base most of your jokes off of. But it was across the board. It was kind of crazy. uh, I think their friendship is, like, super one-sided. Like, they met because Colin made a joke about... Or he wasn't even making a joke. He said something about his, like, eye sphincter. Oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, they, and then the <laughs> eye anal sphincter. Yeah, you're right. I think what the fuck that was. Damn it. It's you're like right. optical sphincter or something. And then Pupilary. Hassan's Pupilary. was like, you cannot say that in math class. And Hassan's like the only person who will call Colin out for saying things that are like boring and right. not a normal teenage boy thing. And yeah, since Colin is coded autistic, he like latches onto that. But he also like gives nothing back. You know, I never looked that up from this author. Is is Colin officially supposed to be autistic? Because he doesn't really ever reference it or mention it or anything. Just, just It's just kind of like he's you're just, seeing the signs of it. Uh, yeah. But I never looked if it's official. He memorizes like, stuff. He does anagrams and he has poor social skills. He doesn't understand, like, idioms. He's like, how can someone yeah. be in a pickle? That doesn't yeah, make any very, sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, I know. I know I can't, like, act like I'm the master of autism, but I know one guy with autism. And... He wasn't like Colin, and this guy is kind of, you know, functioning, but, like, has a tough time in society. But he's still, like, not doing anagrams and having a tough time with things, like, in a pickle. So I couldn't really figure it out. I'm like, I don't know what's going on with Colin. Is he just supposed to be, like, a super genius where he's stifled and he can't have, like, I don't know, like, understand society in the way? Because it's not the same as the one autistic person I know, so I'm not really speaking from real experience. I think his parents also coddled him in a really weird way and, like, pushed him towards 
this like sense of like you're superior than everybody else so like of course he wouldn't have like decided to learn how to be a normal kid either like whether yeah. he's coded autistic or not I don't think he got like the upbringing to bring him to like idiom understanding level either um, yeah that makes sense so. that's a good point yeah because they do talk about how he spent his parents really kept him in the house and spent most of his time just studying and trying to get smarter and smarter and his dad's like you're literally wasting time where you can make yourself more intelligent and that's the reason why he is dealing with the fact that he is a gifted child that over time he realizes I'm not as gifted. He even said at one point all the other kids are catching up to me kind of thing. I should be spending more time locked away reading and doing whatever. So Even yeah. though he reads for like five hours a day. <laughs> exactly. Dingleberries is a phrase they say to, uh, to say shut up and don't bother me. Uh, and also I wrote Hurricane in the Shower and my first thought was they talked about how I think they were interviewing a woman at the tampon factory to talk about the town. The tampon string factory. Right. Again, they tampon don't make the whole tampon there, just the string. <laughs> it makes the most sense economically. Anyways, and so the last woman they met, her name was Catherine, but she's in her 20s. And they, I thought it was adorable. She's 21 or something. And they said she's an older Catherine, like an yeah. older, they said sexily was the word that yeah, I pulled out of that. Yeah. And, um, but uh, she asked about, if you're so smart, then why does the shower curtain come in on you when you turn on the shower? And they talked about how the water creates a vortex of air that brings the shower curtain in towards you. And my first thought was, I think that comes from Hank Green. Do you think he ever reaches out to his brother like, I need a science fact. <laughs> and Hank Green's like, shower curtains? Who gets them? <laughs> I would check a lot out, of John Green's research for this book was just like Googling, what's a fun fact? And then just working that into the <laughs> somehow <laughs> just having anagram solver open next to him being like oh what do these letters say like me exactly uh i have hollis stepped forward to examine his bandage she smiled and with one hand reached up for his jufro and mussed his hair uh, like she was his aunt and he was a seven-year-old who had just done something exceedingly cute and i wrote Five Jufro references. <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping track as I was shoveling snow. <laughs> uh, Hassan winds up drinking beer with uh, Katrina at one point because he wants her to like him. And then gets back to Colin. Colin goes, well, that's not Haram or, or that it is Haram uh, to get drunk. And then he says, no, it's not, because if, you, if you're just drinking a little bit of alcohol, it's not haram. So I looked it up on halalzilla.com, which is a millennial Muslim website. And I found out it is halal to put any alcohol on your mouth at any point. But not again, halal, it's an opinion. It's, it's not like a, an actual fact that's agreed it's upon. It's not halal. That. It's the other. What's the word? It's haram. Yeah, no. But. I said halal. Okay, fine. Whatever. I've had a couple beers. I'm going to fuck it all up. But the point is, is that it is haram to put any alcohol on your lips, according to this millennial website. There's a couple That's of the things. Fun thing. Yeah. Glad Nuzzles is the here to thing. tell you how to be a better Muslim. Thanks, I guess, yeah, yeah, as if I'm the authority. Look, yep. I looked it up on a website. Yeah, well done. It's not like I've done extensive research. What are you guys going to say? You don't need a minor in uh, Islamic studies. You can just go to Hawazilla. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that website exists. I know. It even says it's a it's a millennial Muslim website, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, it's finally, finally a website for the millennials. <laughs> Hassan does a couple of things that are like Colin's questioning. 
um, with his religion because he like goes on the pig hunt even though he's not supposed to eat pork, but then he's he's not actually going to hunt the pig and then he won't shoot the pig, oh, right, which right. is good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then he does like funny things also with it. Like he finds graffiti that I'm going to say the F slur. Um, he finds graffiti that says God hates fags and he changes it to God hates baguettes because he's like, well, this yep. is ridiculous. Everyone hates baguettes, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> As um, a francophone here, baguettes are not terrible, but the F word is, so like, fair. <laughs> <laughs> he like kind of picks it. and chooses when he's going to be religious. And it makes sense because Colin says he's not actually that religious. Like he doesn't really follow it that much. No, he doesn't. He admits later that he doesn't donate to the poor. Like he feels like, that's towards the end of the book where he's like kind of having his own epiphany. Um, well, and he's I both like every, not very religious, but like more religious than I think most kids. But at that age, anyways, yeah. would be. I think all religious people pick and choose when and how religious they're going to be. That's right. the whole reason. Like there's a confessional in Catholicism. Yes. Like, yes. Because you just can attest as a Catholic. Uh, I have Lewis Terman, 7,000 Gifted Children. That was one thing that was referenced because they talk about George Hill Hodel Jr., uh, who was accused of the Black Dahlia murders. I actually read the book by his son when it came out called The Black Dahlia Avenger, which is the cheesiest title in the world. Like, I'm the hero (laughs) of this murdered woman from the 40s. He's accusing his dad of having killed the Black Dahlia. And... um, but it was all based on things like like handwriting analysis. Honestly, I read the whole book. And I'm like, this is not really real evidence. Like, this yeah. is kind of weird and sloppy. I mean, you might have missed some details. Oh, okay, here we go again. I didn't listen to the audiobook of it. Okay. I actually sat and read it. Okay, oh, okay. Ben, you're happy now? Um, but also, I went to go check out uh, Steve Hodel, the son, who is accusing his dad of being the murderer. Um, and he's got a blog. He's written three books. So it's the Black Dahlia Avenger 1, 2, and 3. It's hilarious. And his his blog is full of all caps. So I kind of have a hard time believing that he's a credible source because he seems unhinged. So I saw that reference in the story, and I'm like, that's hilarious. But the thing is, the Lewis Terman 7,000 Gifted Children, that's actually a real thing. I looked that up. I'm like, oh, this is all real. Like, So everything's based on some sort of reality in the story, except for the part where uh, Franz Ferdinand is buried which is, somewhere in America. Yeah, which is resolved later. It is resolved Unless, later, did you miss but that? I, I looked that up online to find out, like, is there even a reference, like, someone trying to do some hokey thing or whatever? Because everything else in this book is based on some sort of reality or fact. Well, that isn't at all. It's completely made up. Well, and also, I think um, that's not how tampons are made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's all my little notes. Uh... I have uh, one last note, which is a quote saying, an Arab and a half-Jew enter a store in Tennessee. It's the beginning of a joke, and the punchline is sodomy. And my comment is, Jesus. (laughs) So has anybody else got anything you want to add to the story so far? (laughs) I was not a fan of that line. Thank you. I know, I heard that. And I literally dropped my snow shovel. I'm like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) I was like, how can you, in one town, change graffiti to God hates baguettes, and then in, in the next town, say that? It's like uh, it yeah. did not age well, I think, with the way no. that they talk about like gender and like mm-hmm. how their expectations for each other. Like Hassan calling Colin a sitzpinkler as an insult, which means a man who sits to pee in German. Oh, 
I do that. Oh, did is you that a bad thing? Did you miss that? <laughs> did you not look at the footnotes? <laughs> no, because I listened to the audiobook for the most part. I did actually buy the book and start reading it when I was flying on the plane and stuff. And I was all like, oh, this is funny. But then I lost time. So I got the audiobook. So no, there's no footnotes in an audiobook. I was wondering if they were going to put it in, being like, this is a footnote. But apparently was, not, which sucks well, for you. The, Sorry. The footnotes play a huge role in this book that they do yeah. not address in the audiobook. The I listened to a version like of this book. Mm. That's gonna back up my contention then that audiobook doesn't count as reading. Okay. Chantel, you have something to say? <laughs> I listened to a version of the audiobook that did include the footnotes and also described the graphs verbally. And You're I think they me. like show the graphs in the book. So they're like, Yeah, this is where uh, the, the hump goes to the y axis and I'm like, I don't know math, but sure. Sure. We're oh, gonna say hump crazy. again. Again with the hump. The girl hump. Lovely dating humps. <laughs> the girl hump. I'm going to keep saying that all the time, especially to my kids. What, are you guys having a, a girl hump day? <laughs> and then they're all like, oh, shut up, Dad. Because I'm, like, super offensive. <laughs> they're going to, like, pin the Black Dahlia murder on you. <laughs> yes. I've looked at the handwriting analysis. You're clearly the murderer. I wasn't even born then. <laughs> You're like, somehow you did it. I don't know how you did it. Well, all right. Let's start going down the line. If no one else has anything else they want to add... Um, I have some notes. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I don't mean to cut anyone off. So this is sort of a road trip book. Well, you're cutting me off a lot, though. (laughs) Telling me to keep it on the rails or whatever. Ben's fine. Go on, Chantel. Yeah, go on, please. In my opinion, this is like midway through John Green just working up to actually writing a road trip book. Because, like, in Looking for Alaska, there's a car. The car does not get very far. Um, <laughs> really? So it's like all. each book progresses more in the road. What, what's the yeah. big road trip book? Does he have a big road trip book later? Yeah. So he writes this one and they like go from Chicago to Tennessee. I don't know how far that is, but it sounds like they're on the road for a couple days. That's a long time. Yeah. Um, Paper Towns, like the whole third part of the book is just a road trip from Florida to New York. That's a longer trip. Wow. All right. Wow. He loves a road trip. That's he does love a road trip. Of- <laughs> oh, man. He loves a road trip. It's like his biggest troop. Like, it just, it's, he's a formulatic kind of writer. Like, he just has a formula that he follows. And the formula is road trips. Why is um, that his crutch? The formula. Can he, can, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I was just going to point like, why does he got to have that crutch? Can't you figure out something else? Like, uh, I don't know. People love doing scrapbooking or something. Why does it got to be a road trip? But go on. <laughs> I, he I does have a... F- also, sorry, then. I was just going to say, just the formulaic, we should mention that the big part of this book was Colin trying to come up with a stupid theorem or formula. For, theorem about getting dumped? Yeah, about yeah. predicting his relationship. I got a lot to say about that. So later. anyway, that's, go on. that was a key point in the book that I didn't really... Well, I'm glad Watch you interrupted yeah, Chantel yeah, talk yeah. about that. Go ahead. <laughs> talk about what you were saying. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um, there was this post that was really popular on Tumblr that was like John Green's writing process. Oh. And it was like, flips coin. Okay, so a boy who is in love with a girl who spins wheel, collects secondhand journals, meat, and rolls dice, go on a cruise with the main characters, <laughs> throws dart. Albino friend who likes, picks a card out of a hat. 11th century Norwegian poetry. <laughs> That is so good. That's so good. (laughs) John Green liked it. He was like, A would be burned by this user again. Like, that's funny. It's very much every one of his books. Yeah, but the the formula, are we buying into the formula? Like, can do you think that the the premises of Colin's formula are something that you could do in real life? No. No. No, not at all. Like in real life? No. 
It works in a story. Well, they even work in the story. They, <laughs> they decided they could only describe the past. They couldn't predict the future. Amy's talking. Go! <laughs> Someone who's better at math than both Glenn and I um, <laughs> has put the formula online and you can play around with it. And it's um, it's weird and obviously doesn't work for future predictions because... Yeah, I figured it you falls know, it apart. It has problems. It falls apart really quickly. Um, yeah. But it is rooted in math, I guess. So, like, it doesn't work because it's a stupid premise. You can't, yeah. you know, <laughs> math relationships. That's not how humans work. Um, but it, it works in the sense that it's it'll graph something. But then again, so will me just putting numbers in a graphing calculator. So I know. I love the idea that it's like... I mean, did John Green write this up like this kind of really vague general sort of approach towards like, well, you got people that are dumpies and dumpers. OK, so at what point in this graph are you reaching this like arc or a female hump? What'd you call it earlier? A girl's hump? A girl <laughs> hump. A girl hump. And so it's like, it, and I was just like, I saw that in the books. I got the ebook or whatever. And it's like, that graph doesn't mean anything. You're just making up numbers and it just doesn't mean anything. But then when I found out later as I was going through that, there's actually someone that tried to like write down the map and the science behind this. I'm like, there's no science behind it. It's like, ah, you, you got to get dumped sometimes. So the slope goes down. <laughs> like it didn't make any sense. And I'm like, why did he bother? He actually bothered getting someone to figure this out mathematically. <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, they're friends. Just like me asking Chantel to edit anything. Like, I'm just like, hey, I need your help. Um, yeah, that's a good so. point. And would Chantel, if you, if she made up her own graph involving, I don't know, knife fight murders, would you sit down and actually try to help her out that way? Or would you say, as a friend, you got to let this go? If she had a graph, <laughs> I would not help because I'm an English major. Okay, um, if she had, like, an interesting essay about it, I mean, I'd do it. If she was like, <laughs> you know, my relative did the Black Dahlia murders, I would edit that essay. Hella, I would. Yeah. She has an entire essay about slashing throats. And you're like, I think I can help you out here. I can kind of guide you. I mean, you got some great stuff here, but you got to be guided into something better. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm just going to work on the paragraph structure, you know? Like, this is this is great. <laughs> this is great. You got some good boilerplate here. We can really refine this. I, I think the problem with the formula is, like, it's based on Colin's assumptions that people are static. And he's like, um, we need to, like, plug in what everyone is at the beginning. So, like, how nerdy are you? Like, how popular are you? How attracted are you to each other? And the problem is those things are fluid over the course of the relationship. Mm -hmm. I fully bought into the, like, dumper, dumpy inclination. Like, some people are inclined to be dumpers and dumpies when I first read this book. To a degree, sure. Do you still? <laughs> Do you I don't know. I think when you first read it, is that held up? I first read it when I was 16, so yeah. I've changed a little since then. But I think maybe it's like fluid over time. Because you convert it to Jehovah's Witness, right? Yeah, Jehovah's exactly. Witness. Yeah, okay. they've they are very much like sometimes you're a dumper, sometimes you're a dumpy. That's sometimes you have yeah. to convert people <laughs> to go to heaven. It's yeah. <laughs> I hate the idea that you've grown since 16. That's weird. Why would you do that? I'm exactly the same. I know. Colin would hate that. I know, exactly. But yeah, I think, I think he, he 
has that idea for the formula and then he also has that idea for everyone else. He's like, everyone needs to stay the same. Like, he does not like that Lindsay mirrors people's personalities. He's like, I just don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. Even though that's a normal thing for people to do. Yeah, for sure. And isn't that, was that kind of the chink in the armor was, oh, that was really cool that I said that, that he realized that he had broken up with a Catherine and he wasn't the always the, the dump, the dumpy was that where that yeah. whole kind of thing fell apart for him? Because he made a big deal yeah. out of that. I'm like, yeah, how would you forget? It's like your one victory is you dumped someone for the first time in your life. You should be proud of that. Walking <laughs> around like the cock of the walk, all proud that you hurt someone else's feelings for a change. But no. Didn't fit yeah, the he narrative, like has you know? A, he has yeah. an existential crisis over that. He's like, my memory is the one thing I have, and I don't even have that anymore. And it's like, you were in the third grade, and it was like a 13-hour relationship. I know. And, deal. Yeah, exactly. And he's really obsessing over it. And I love that Lindsay is the one who's like, well, that's the, th- that's, that's the power of story. <laughs> it's like it gets turned into that towards the end. And I'm like, why is that the power of story? Like, it helps you remember. I'm like, no, it doesn't. People make up lies all the time in stories. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Lindsay's all for lying. She, like, convinces him to lie in a story. <laughs> Wait, which story was that? What do you mean? The story of his Catherines. He tells her all the Catherines at the end, and he's like, and oh. I choose to believe that Catherine the Third broke up with me be in front of all her friends at, like, this marshmallow roast. That's right. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's like, ah, let's both agree that my life is perfect now. I've never <laughs> broken up with him. <laughs> what sucked? Ben... We almost have never uh, no notes or any comments. What sucked about this? Will you be fast? Am I, am I allowed to speak now? Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. Um, I was just annoyed by the tampon factory. Obviously, <laughs> that like there's no way they make the shrinks in a different factory than the rest of the tampon. It's no. Fine. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> um, he misspelled the word nigiri, referring to sushi. That, that oh, me. did he? Yeah. Uh, well, spelled well. It with an I, with the E instead of an I. Hmm. Oh, oh um, okay. That's a nice little, nice pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice catch, Ben. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> Glaring spelling error. Um, nah, not really. It was, I think, nothing that we haven't already talked about. Amy, what sucked in this book for you? The toxic masculinity. I got over it really quickly. Um, I hated the fight. I got, like, over the fight. Like, TOC can just go fucking rot in a hole. Like, get over yourself. Like, you have been cheating on your girlfriend for so long. You don't get to pick fights with everybody else. Move on with yeah, your life. Yeah, and it was TOC um, in, a, in, a, in a different abbreviation that when they mentioned something like, you two are like an old couple, they immediately tried to prove that they weren't gay. Was one part yeah. that I'm like, that's Oh, weird. Jat and Socked. Jeans are too tight and um, <laughs> sucking on chewing tobacco. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Sucking. <laughs> yeah. I forgot um, what those things even meant. I'm like, I guess they're just new people now. I'll just have to keep this in my <laughs> mind that there's a jat and a socked. <laughs> That's I, I'm glad they weren't in there more than they had to be. And like, you know, the shooting of guns, that was a lot for me. Um, the use of the R word. I was like, we can move on. We can edit books, you know? Everything, every time it happened, I just kept like highlighting it in my ebook and being like, stop, Jesus. Like, you just don't. It's not a word you need to use. And like, it's used mostly by the people of Tennessee. Sorry, Tennessee. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's a regional thing or like a backwoods kind of thing. But I'm like, we can move on. We can edit ebooks. We can scratch bad language from books and yeah. still exist. Yeah, this one's- 
it's not a timeless classic, is it? It's no. very of its <laughs> no. time. I do, I can see the guilt of a middle-aged man writing a story about little kids, and he knows terms that kids said back then, so he's using them probably more than kids even really would. So, like, when I was a kid, people used that word, like, crazy. But yeah. not, like, every other word. In this book, it was, like, constant. So, yeah, I know. It's a little over the top. I think he's kind of overcompensating to be cool with the kids, the teens. Yeah, it's us and the use of the word based, but, you know, it's not a slur. So. That's a Canada thing. No one in America is saying based. That's <laughs> no, just we're going to start it. We're, we're bringing it to America. Yeah, thanks for bringing that yeah. down to us, because now yeah, us two middle-aged men are going to get out there and just be like, guys, that's based. <laughs> Like, Please do. As, as I'm getting like a coffee. This coffee <laughs> is based. I throw it on the ground. This is not Tim Hortons. <laughs> throw it on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, those were my pain points, but otherwise, nah, it's all right. All right, Chantel. Let's I suck just, for you. I didn't think any of the main characters were likable. Like there were <laughs> secondary characters I thought were likable. Like Hollis, she like... Yeah kept the factory running even though it wasn't profitable just because she wanted to employ the whole town and she was like bearing boxes of tampon strings and they were flying in the wind and stuff (laughs) (laughs) I I love that scene where it comes up out of the pit because the box broke open when they're dumping in the pit and they just fly up there and like I think I think I read that where like at one point he reaches out to grab one like the tampon strings (laughs) 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 as if it's this beautiful snowy moment (laughs) it's amazing he was describing it like this this existential like moment like this <laughs> enlightenment realization <laughs> there's like an angel's voice singing in the background as they're like reaching out and catching them in the air yeah, like hallelujah chorus behind exactly. him and Lindsay, and he's like and in that moment i had never loved her more <laughs> and then there's like jat and socked who he hates but like mm-hmm. i think they're better than he thinks they are because they they turn on talk yeah. When he cheats on Lindsay and is like pulling her arm to try and get her to listen to him, which always works. Always. Well, it's worked a handful of times for me. It's how I convince people to keep loving me. I've done it all throughout my life. I do it at the grocery store. I want that box of Triscuits and they'll hand it over if I grab them hard enough. Oh no. I'm gonna choose I'm gonna choose in my story to believe that's true. Okay, fine. Because that's what America is. Is it? Fighting over Triscuits at a grocery store? Yeah. Pulls out your gun, give me the Triscuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I keep shooting the buttons on the like the credit card keypad thing. <laughs> I run my card through. And the girl's like, this is a target. Every keypad is bulletproof in America. America. Ah, it's a beautiful place. It's a great place to retire. Anything else? Yeah, no, I, I just, I think they were supposed to be likable, and they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a thing to go off on. So for one, like I said, everything else in the story was based on... Um, based, yeah. <laughs> everything was based. <laughs> You can't just bring that down from Canada and just milk it all over yeah. this show. You're doing it too much, man. No. You got to pick and choose when no you're going to do thing. it. Uh, you said it, not me. They, I found out the only grave for Franz Ferdinand in America, because everything else is made from uh, actual facts throughout like history yeah. and whatever else. And so I was like, oh, okay, so this grave uh, for Franz Ferdinand, does it actually exist? Is someone claiming to have the corpse of uh, the Archduke somewhere in some small town or some whatever in... in America. Uh, they don't, but I did find a guy named Franz Ferdinand Joseph Rumping. <laughs> he was born 1859, <laughs> he died 1935. That's it. So that's the only fantasy piece. 
I said, <clears throat> I was making notes as I was reading it. One of my notes was, I have no idea where this story is going, but it does get explained at the end because my daughter stepped in and literally held my hand. Well, you didn't and explained know where the story was going? No, because it was, just hear me out. Okay. One, is it a story of two kids who are social outcasts finding meaning in their lives? Two, is it a story of one failed genius trying to find new purpose? Three, is it a story of socially awkward kids trying to understand love through a theory he's developing but realize you can't map the human heart? Four, is it a teen road trip that shows that there's more to life than your small obsessions? Five, is it a quirky story written uh, during the post-9-11 paranoia to illustrate that Islam isn't scary, uh, a scary religion through a cute teen road trip? Uh, is it a six, a story of a dorky kid who's socially awkward and somehow able to have 19 girlfriends by his senior year and the Archduke Franz Ferdinand is buried in a small town due to magical realism? Seven, is the story of a kid who learns to finally communicate to others by using the power of story and thereby finds his purpose from Lindsay showing him how? Eight, a mystery where the kids sleuth the Hollis selling the factory. Uh, nine, a story of a young woman trying to break out of a small town. Or ten... What is the inside of a thumb that they claim to keep biting on? <laughs> so I have those things. So as I'm reading this, I'm like, I don't really know what the main point of the story is that's moving the whole story forward, like the narrative yeah. forward. Like, what am I following that's the main concern that we're waiting to get to the end of? It's just all these things. And, but they, they all get resolved. The hole in the gut from Catherine is resolved by Lindsay giving him a speech about focusing on what's really important. The mystery of the factor is resolved when Hollis admits that she, they're not making any money and she's paying for all of it. Uh, his theory is resolved when he learns that the future is unknowable. The Archduke's grave is Lindsay's great-grandfather is laying in it. Uh, his need for purpose, because he's like, I'm a smart kid. How am I going to do something important? He finds out that uh, you can use the power of story from Lindsay. They actually say towards the end of the book, the only way to the infinite mattering uh, that he'd, he'd been after for so long is through telling stories. Uh, and also the small town that Lindsay is trying to get out of, which is kind of a running theme, like I should probably leave, but I don't want to leave. My mom wants me to leave. Uh, she just finally, I, unless I got this mixed up, I swear at the end of the book she says, when they're going to go to Wendy's, she goes, can we just keep driving? And they say, yes. And then they just kind of keep driving until they hit the ocean and drown. I don't know. But... <laughs> Uh, so out of all this, my daughter said, I'm like, I don't understand. This book's got like 10 conflicts and I don't understand what all these conflicts are and why are they all happening? But they all did get resolved. He's not a bad writer. He knows how to write. So like they all got resolved and everything. But I'm like, why did I have to go through that? Why wouldn't it be like one main one with a bunch of ancillary ones we learn about? But like, there's not really a big main one that I can pick out that stands out as the most important. But my daughter, who's read him before and loves him, says that this is written for 12-year-olds. Uh, having this many conflicts keeps the kids from getting bored. Wrapping it all up at the end makes the kids proud that I finished this book. Instead of, a, instead of him writing a whole seven-book series like Harry Potter or Percy Jackson, where you have conflicts in each book, he's just cramming it all into one book, and these kids are entertained following it, like chasing after all these conflicts. Um, and so she says, and I quote from her own mouth, so kids think it's amazing, and adults say, yeah, this isn't very good. And at the end, another quote of hers is, he knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Can we bring your daughter on the show? Cause she seems yeah, we need your smart. daughter back on the podcast. Thank you. I asked her and she's like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> I'm not coming down there at all. I'm not going down to your basement to be on your stupid podcast. So no, I did ask her. And she's like, I have nothing to say. Get lost. So um, I know she's got some insights. So she actually explained to me, I read this whole book and I'm like, these are my problems. 
But then, uh, then Audrey's just like, well, I mean, that's just what kids want. They want a shitload of stuff crammed into one book. It keeps you entertained. You don't get bored. She's like, if you're just following one kid who's a genius, uh, trying to find meaning in being a genius, um, it's going to be boring for most kids, that 12, 12 year olds to read or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's a really gonna good point. It's going to be boring for me too. Like <laughs> it's going to be boring as an adult. Like I read, yeah. this, I reread the book in, I think five hours. Like, just nonstop, basically. And I was just like, this mm. is, like, I'm so engaged. And I was like, yeah, because it grips your attention with seven different plot lines. It's exactly. Uh. There's, like, so many conflicts. You're like, oh, where's it all going to go? Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. And I'm sweating. It's in stark contrast yeah. to Twilight, where there's 700 pages of nothing. Oh, it's just one thing. <laughs> yeah. How can I get this guy to be more abusive <laughs> to me? I love it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I guess I would prefer this to, to that. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, this book is definitely something I would tell my kid. Well, we're going to get it. What's good? Ben, you start. What did you find good about this book? I, it, it was fine. I mean, it's... We said it didn't age well, but it's not as problematic as some other things that we've read. It's True. It was fine. I don't know. It does better than Twilight, I think, yeah. as far as that goes. <laughs> so if we're using that as the... Yardstick, yeah, it's, it's all right. I, I didn't love it, but it's, I wasn't. I didn't find myself as annoyed with this as some other books that we've read. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, Amy. I liked the footnotes. Um, so my favorite <laughs> type of books are the ones that have like an authorial persona in them, mm-hmm. like authorial commentary. Like I love digressions and that kind of stuff. So I really. I love. I think this is the book that started it all for me, and that kind of like genre and why I like it so much because I just liked having those bits of like this John Green persona embedded mm. into the text as we went along. Um, yeah, well, and I, well. I love commentary. Just give me <laughs> give me explanations about what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was the good for me, and I like that it's like you know, a story about finding meaning and finding matter and, like, maybe yeah. it's okay if you just matter to, like, yourself and the people mm-hmm. around you and you don't need to matter in posterity. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that kind of meaning behind it. But for sure, it yeah. didn't age well, so we're going to put it back aside for a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. It'll be a nice archaeological thing where people will be like, ah, oh, listen to how they said the R word way too much. And also, there's a woman's hump in the middle of it. Now, Girl hump. <clears throat> Girl hump, that's right. Why do you keep saying woman's hump? I'm trying to be far more respectful than you were when you came up with the term. Uh, Chantel, go! Um, first of all, is this book why you like Jonathan Swift, Amy? <laughs> The footnotes oh. in John Green's book. <laughs> like, maybe. Like, Does it John... might have, like, been the... So he has a lot of digressions. He's a satirist, so he satirized a lot of stuff in his digressions in certain of his books um, slash essays. Um, but yes, it is It is what brought it all on, in case you were wondering. And they're both so, Johns. They're both Johns. Yep. <laughs> Here we are. It's good. It's fun. It's great. Love it. <laughs> What's good? I, you know, I love reading a happy ending. I like that all the plot lines are are resolved and the couple ends up together and it's it's funny to read. Um, Hassan breaking up with Katrina is the part that I know you didn't like, but I thought was super hilarious. Like, I loved <laughs> him screaming at these naked people in a graveyard. Oh, I know. Like, I'm going to break up with you. I actually thought, like, oh, what a good attitude to have towards being cheated on <laughs> by the first person you ever kissed. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Hassan. Mm. I like him. I think 
he's written problematically, but I think he's very funny, and we we needed him as the comic relief and like the voice of reason to Colin's ridiculousness. Yeah, he was definitely the comic relief. Like I forget what it was when they first got to the uh, Archduke's museum, and Colin broke his eye and he fell down. I forget what what caused. Did you say that. he broke his eye? Did he get hit in the eye? What happened? I think he got... tripped. Did he just trip and then like ruined his eye from it? And it is like it seems his like eye it, yeah. anus got ruined. All right, fine. So, uh, but then they kept saying to Hassan, they're like, "Take your shirt off." And he's like, he just like, stands there, and goes, "No." He's like, "Take your shirt off." He's bleeding. We gotta stop the bleeding. He's like, "Not gonna happen." So then the woman had to take her shirt off to stop the bleeding because he didn't want to show his man tits. I actually did laugh at that. I thought that was pretty funny. And they're all like enthralled with her bra straps. Yeah, because <laughs> they're little boys. That was adorable. <laughs> Um, for me, uh, since he wrote it, uh, it was published in 2006, which I imagine he did a lot of editing in 2005, which meant that when Hurricane Katrina happened in August 2005, he didn't have a chance to make a reference to it in his story. So I wrote, thank God. Also, I wrote, there's underage sex. Is that good? That's got to be good, right? People like that. So that's what I got for what's good. (laughs) Ben, what do you have for what the hell? Um, my what the hell is just more of a general what the hell for authors of YA books. I just have he was John Green was thirty or something when this book came out. And I'm just like I find it odd that I don't know I, I, a thirty year old man like trying to get into the head of a seventeen year old and writing a book. I don't know. It just I get weird about that too. A little, a little what the hell for me, and I think it's not. As, bad here but like with Twilight we talked a lot about well Stephanie Meyer obviously still wishes she was in high school and like mm. I think there's some of that just general what the hell with why it's well that's like an open wound for her like as yeah. you read the books you can tell she's dying to go back in time and be there again but with John Green don't really get that yeah I know but it's just yeah like it's not as pronounced there but it's mm-hmm. just yeah general what the hell but like when we read The Outsiders that was written by mm. a teenager actually yeah that's yeah, true that well done, man. Yeah, so there's just a general sense of weirdness around the genre, I guess, and the author's like, what, what, what's your angle, John Green? What are you doing here? Do you think, do any of you think that John Green hires a teenager to say things like, oh, how do you kids talk? Well, we say based. What else do you do? We flip water <laughs> bottles and we dab. What's a dab? Oh, it's like a whip and nay-nay, but it's different. What's a whip and nay-nay? Like, do you think any of these authors that are old as shit that write about teenagers actually talk to a teenager or hire one of them to just talk at you? I don't know. He has his own teenagers now. Like, he's a dad. You know, like mm. you. Um, but... <laughs> like how she said that, like, as an insult. There's a little bit of a snub there. She's like, like, uh, like you. <laughs> Um, But I think, you know, his time on the internet has made him, like, kind of be able to, like, perceive how teenagers are a bit more, I think. Um, Yeah, sure. So he's got that. And I think a lot of the criticism in his books, like, for his books is teenagers don't speak like this. And as a pretentious Mm. as fuck teenager, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. um, Yes, you are. I mean, I, I spoke pretty annoyingly pretentious like this. Same. So, like, I, you know. It's there. It's possible. Did you? I thought I was the smartest person in the room at all times. And I spoke oh. philosophical just to speak philosophical. <laughs> so like, the oh, kids don't talk about religion? No, Amy talked about religion. Amy was like, but what is life? Like, what does it mean? And what does failure mean? And I had all these... 
I was a pretentious kid, which serves me well in job interviews now because I'm like, I believe the bullshit that I'm saying. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a good point. I so. have the same thing. I think I kind of, uh, sorry, I'm dragging this out and I'm going to do a lot of editing. But Ben, can so, I get an example of how you think you talked when you were a kid? And then I want you to tell do the same. <laughs> Go on. What'd you say? For that. You'd be like, ah, don't touch me. I was probably more <laughs> in uh, Amy's camp. I always thought I was... Oh yeah, quite a bit, uh, quite a bit better than everyone else, I think. Ah, well, well. So, okay, yeah, Chantel, I, what were you like? Um, I, I yeah, I was the same way. I remember one time I was in a second cup. I don't know if y'all have that in the states, they but what? it's like a second cup. It's like a fancy Tim's. A fancy what? What? It's a coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> You're saying like nine things that mean nothing to us. We got to find a common ground to work up from. <laughs> it's like a Starbucks. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I get it. Okay, now I get it. It's more like a Dunkin's, actually. I think. I don't even know what that is. I got like the middle, middle between Dunkin' and uh, Starbucks kind of thing. Well, Dunkin' Donuts is where old people go to sleep and stuff. Yeah. You can't if you buy one cup, they can't kick you out. So that's what Dunkin's is. Okay, so I was in a Dunkin' Starbucks and (laughs) I was talking to my friend about. I don't even know, some philosophical thing, like, what is the meaning of life? And then there was this guy sitting there, and he kept looking over at us, and I was like, "Is he? are we annoying him? Because he was reading a book. Um, and then we got up to leave, and he was like, can I just stop you? And I'm like, oh, God. Oh. He's like, I wasn't reading my book, because your conversation was so interesting. And I was like, what the heck is I going on? I would never on? stop vomiting out of my nipples if someone said that to me. <laughs> I'd just be like... Just throwing up everywhere. <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly. <laughs> I'm so upset that I don't even use my mouth to vomit. I use my nipple canals, my urethras, and I my get nipples it. to vomit. Okay, thank you. Oh, Shanta, do you guys, thank you. Ben does it. I mean, so what happened when he said that to you? Did you say thank you and then run the fuck out of the building? Basically, or? yeah. We were like, oh, thanks for like thinking we're smart. Yeah. When we're 16. We're going to go. That's really creepy. His motivations, like, as an adult man, I've heard or, you know, seen kids do stuff, and I think, oh, that's cute, but I would never tell them that I thought it was cute, because an old person talking to a young kid like that is creepy as fuck. You just don't do it. <laughs> I At the time, I thought it was so cool. I was like, oh my gosh, we're just so smart. We're just as smart as we think we are. <laughs> well, yeah. we already talked about what I think I talk like, which was like, stop touching me. Jesus, you smell like meat. <laughs> My nipples are going to vomit if you keep talking. Like, so we already, we went around the room. Uh, so your what the hell? My what the hell is very similar to Amy's what sucked. I was just very floored by like all the unchecked misogyny in the book. And like how Colin and Hassan thought it was totally fine to be like, yeah, we just... You know, we prefer girls with makeup. Like, do, do tampons have strings? <laughs> that was right. funny, actually, that one. I didn't understand why they have strings. I'm like, uh, even in my head, I'm like, well, how, do you, how does he think you get them out? <laughs> you get, like, salad tongs? What is he thinking you do? <laughs> uh, and, he, and when he was talking to his parents, he was like, I don't know why my parents are, like, worried about me. I've never disappointed my parents. And I've never smoked. And I've never... <gasps> worn black eyeliner and it's like that's just a clothing choice I don't know (laughs) it's not really a sin or a bad habit (laughs) I love that he's like 68 years old I can't give up this black eyeliner I started when I was 16 I just love it I can't get enough like cigarettes (laughs) 
My what the hell? Uh, when they meet Lindsay's friend, I already said this earlier, they give them abbreviations that I forget the meaning of. So TOC is the other Colin, JAT is the jeans are too tight, and SOCKED is uh, a short one chewing tobacco. They acknowledge that in the beginning. I'm like, these are rules I'm not going to follow. And then I immediately, it's like, well, now I guess the guy's named Talk, another one's named Jad. It's like, I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't even give a shit. And I started to kind of like, based on what I think their names might imply, I gave them different kind of personalities. So Talk is someone that's really into books. He's kind of a little bit of a nerdy guy. Uh, Jad kind of sounds like Rat. I'm like, ah, maybe he's dangerous. He runs through the sewer system because he likes to pretend he's Batman at night. And he's always got like, Shingles and stuff from the infections. And socked is just a guy who likes to punch you in the arm and tell you you're doing all right. Oh, what a journey you just took. Us yeah, on. thanks. Fair. I know I appreciate it. Was it far off? Besides talk, though, I feel like the other two were not that far off. Jat definitely runs through sewers. Are there sewers in Gutshot, Tennessee? I don't know. Oh, everyone's Probably. got sewers. I don't know how you think America works when people just take dumps on the street <laughs> and they just run down the road until they kind of evaporate. But uh, no, we have sewers here. We're not completely backwards. You just Canada. shoot holes into the ground. <laughs> I got to take a shit and I keep shooting holes into the ground until it gets big enough for me to poop in. And then I use an angle on my gun to kind of push dirt into it. <laughs> Would any of you recommend this book? I would say yes. With context explanations. I would, yeah, I would say kind of, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who likes books like <laughs> I do, but it's fine. I think it's, uh, sure. I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who likes books. <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who has similar taste in books to what I have. Oh, okay. That's what I was trying to say. It's whatever. It was fine. It's... Like, if you already uh, like you books, guys? this one's going to ruin it for you, so I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're going to read, like, you're at the bookstore and someone pulls this off the shelf, like, hmm, do you like books? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just are asking, because I'm going to give a recommendation. Are you, are you trying to break your reading habit? <laughs> be the way to go. Amy, would you recommend it? I would recommend it if you've read some John Green stuff or you're interested into getting into some John Green stuff. Um, because I think it's like it was for a very long time my favorite John Green one. Um, it's mm-hmm. been degraded after this reading um, <laughs> for reasons oh. of not aging well. Yeah. But I think like you know if you're interested in like his you know works, you might as well read it. On the other hand, I would not recommend Will Grayson. Will Grayson, which is another book of his that I actually never got through. So you know, kind of, I would recommend it. Kind of. Why didn't you get through that one? What was wrong with it? Uh, the Depression. Oh, Just, I don't know anything about this story. Um, it's, it's like written super depressing? By, or? It's written by him and another author, um, David Levithan, I think. Mm-hmm. And the the part that's not written by John is just like depressed like the entire time and I wasn't having any of it because I was depressed um, oh. and it just was a bad time. So it so, wasn't like a bad you know, portrayal give of Catherine depression. A it was chance. like a genuine portrayal of depression that made it so horrible. You know when you're like you read to escape and then you're like I can't escape. Yeah, there was only one time in my life I could ever watch uh, Schindler's List and I could never watch it again <laughs> because like there's one time I was mentally like uh, like hey my life's great nothing's going wrong with me and then I press play <laughs> and I watch Schindler's List and I'm like I came out of that alive barely but uh, I could never do that again. Do you like being happy? It's funny you say that. If not, this is the movie you should watch. 
<laughs> or how life is your, how well is your life going? Are you okay taking it down a couple pegs? You should watch this film. <laughs> we got to get you down to a kind of reasonable level. <laughs> I walked into my like my office, which is also where my boyfriend has his computer, like his gaming computer. And I walk in and like clearly Schindler's List is playing, read the concentration camps being shown. And I was just like, are you watching Schindler's List for fun? And he was like, well, I wanted to watch a movie. And I was like, okay. He was like, I want to watch a good movie. And I was like, I love that. okay. I'm like, are was you he like, right? eating, like, like, are you doing how f- how fun was his night? Was he eating nachos and this, like, I don't know. Like, he's on his just phone, like, texting with friends. Like, I don't know, just having a fun time. What you guys up to? The shitless list is playing in the background. He was playing, like, this this cookie clicker game that he has on his computer <laughs> while also watching Schindler's List. And I was like, Sam, what are you doing? He's amazing. That's a man that nothing, like, the end of the world could happen. It could be, like, the apocalypse, and he'd be like... I don't know. I still got Candy Crush in my phone. It hasn't broken yet, so I'm having a great time. That's the ADHD, I think. Uh, I think he was able to like depersonalize himself from the Schindler's List <laughs> because of the ADHD. I'm also and I just, just was like, okay. I'm picturing him on this gaming rig. I'm some fancy liquid cooled, air cooled, or uh, alienware thing. And he's just using it to play cookie. <laughs> <laughs> he's it's got a this computer. Yeah. <laughs> He built this computer himself, if that puts it into perspective. I love that he looked at Cookie Clicker's specs. (laughs) He's like, let's see, I need this processor, but I'm going to get a slightly better processor. I'm going to get this water-cooled system of tubes everywhere. Going all out on the graphics card on this thing. Yeah, and I, dude, I got to get those blue LED lights, dog. (laughs) <laughs> there are blue LED lights I know, I've seen them It's hilarious I love that Ben said air-cooled I, Not yeah, liquid-cooled, liquid but like There's just a shitload of fans pointing <laughs> at the computer <laughs> Chantel, <laughs> what's your Oh my opinion? gosh, I don't know <laughs> I... I think I'm on the same page as Amy. Like, if you like John Green, this is not the last John Green book I would recommend. I would recommend others first, but I would recommend it more than, like, Turtles All the Way Down for the exact same reason, because that one, like, needles at my particular mental illness. But this one's just, like, it's a light comedy. It's like, if you if you like John Green, if you like YA comedies, if you're, like, not going to be offended by them using the R word a bunch... Like, eh, give it a try. Yeah, I know. If you want to go back to a time when uh, South Park was considered, like, high art, (laughs) (laughs) then yes, you're going to be fine reading this book. Like, I love South Park. I watch all that stuff and secretly whisper the horrible words to myself in the bathroom while I take a shit. Then yes, you'll love this book. (laughs) (laughs) One thing most people don't know is that we're using uh, Riverside FM, a website no one cares about, but it lets us all record at the same time, which is not an ad, but we can all see each other's faces. It's weird for them to see my bloated, old face, and I'm seeing their weird, young, college kid faces, and it's like, I only know from your guys' uh, little uh, icon or whatever on uh, icon, Avi, whatever, on Twitter, you're just a couple of haircuts. A couple of haircuts and one's wearing glasses. And so I'm just like, ah, it's going to be weird when we all see each other. Uh, But so here we are. It makes me wish I had a way to cover my face where they don't have to see me. Like, I don't know, a reflective glass booth. 
where it's a one-way mirror where I can see them and I can see their faces, but they can't see me. Well, you want to be discreet, do you? Well, that's the thing. I'm looking for discretion where I can see them, but they can't see me. They just see a wall. They can see their own faces reflected back on this camera. Where do you find that kind of discretion? Well, Doorglass Incorporated, the storeglass.com, D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S.com. They're dedicated to fabricating, professionally installing the highest quality glass products from the nation's top manufacturers. Their inventory combined with their years of experience, years of experience making glass reflective surfaces, makes them the premier source for installation and repair. They approach every project with the same goals. Professionalism, integrity. Yeah. And when it comes to me trying to hide my face to a couple of college kids, they're discreet. discreet. What they do, their commercial storefronts, automatic entrances, windows, patio doors, mirrors, shower doors, installation, repair. They'll design and build anything you do. One time, I took toilet paper and I said, I want to create a glass box. This is on my thing that you don't listen to where I read stories. I had this whole thing about Times Square and how you can't take a shit in Times Square. They don't let you. You, There's no bathrooms in Times Square. You can't bring food in or water. You just have to stand there for eight hours ready to pass out. For for, New Year's? For New Year's, yeah. And so you can't go in there. You can't do that. So I said doorglass.com could create a reflective glass box, which is like a glass with a mirror kind of thing that you could just bring with you and then sit down on the ground and just take a shit in it. They'll do it. I designed it. They came back with what, how much it would cost. It would cost $4,000, but I'd bring that to Times Square and New Year's Eve. Don't you motherfuckers laugh. They'll they, design and build anything you ask. They have the know-how. They have the expertise. They can do they it. Have the, and the thing is, they're discreet. They won't go to your boss at work and talk about he had us design a glass box you could shit in. No. You could also slide your privates into, and we've cupped it perfectly in the way we designed the box. It doesn't matter. Clients, Pottery Barn, Williams Sonoma, Sherman Williams, Portillo's, which is some sort of sandwich factory, yeah. uh, Caribou and Einstein Bagels and Shakopee. Thank you, Ben, for pointing that yeah. one out. And the Salt Cave. Ooh. Ben, you guys say anything about that? The Salt yeah. Cave? <laughs> um, the yeah. can, you, you wanna, can you touch the salt? <laughs> don't touch the fucking wall. No, don't, don't touch, touch it. the goddamn no, walls. No, that, it's... <laughs> But yeah, if you're in South Minneapolis on Nicollet Avenue, head over to the Salt Cave to check out some of Doorglass's uh, work there. Yeah, they made the glass door in the front of the building. Yeah. But what does Salt Cave have inside it, Ben? All salt there. It's all <laughs> salt. Walk in there. Himalayan salt walls. You can do yoga in it. Yeah. You can have meditation sessions Just in it. don't touch the salt. Okay? Just for the love of God, do not touch the touch goddamn the walls. Salt. Okay. Can you lick the salt walls? <laughs> Do they have a lickable area, Ben? <laughs> now, if you want to lick the salt balls, I would recommend going to Salzburg. Uh, the Salzburg. Salzburg in Austria. There's oh. No, it's Austria, I think. Yeah. It's a also... salt mining town. You can lick the walls in the salt mine there. I did when I was a child. Shut up. It tasted like salt. They actually tell you, go ahead and Love lick it. Love it. No, I don't know if I was supposed to, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> precocious little kid, I like to lick things. Took your big old dog tongue and just dragged it across the walls. Mommy, it tastes like salt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the homeless people peeing on the walls. <laughs> and Applebee's. <laughs> okay. Ben's Corner, actually, Chantel. You're going to read a section that you liked out of this book. This is from Colin's parents are in his room, and the most horrifying things he can think of are uh, relative dying and the sex talk. 
babies are made through an act that you will eventually find intriguing, but for right now will just sort of horrify you. And also sometimes people do stuff that involves baby making parts that does not actually involve making babies. Like for instance, kiss each other in places that are not on the face. <laughs> not on the face. That was really good. Perfect. That was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, Ben forced you to do it in the beginning of the show. Do you want to try again to talk about your social medias and where to go listen to your episodes and all that kind of good stuff? Um, so you can find Unsighted, an English lit podcast, which is me and Chantel, um, at Unsighted Pod, both on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find us uh, wherever you listen to you know, podcasts like Spotify, iTunes, Podchaser, and we would appreciate your reviews. Well, that was all nice and everything. Uh, ben! Yeah. What are, we, what are we doing next? We got anything next? I have nothing planned. Oh, if you're available next week, yeah. we are going to have German lady uh, Wanda from Words About Books. No, Words From Ideas. I don't know. Everyone's podcast is the same. Uh, we're going to wind up having her on, and she's going to uh, have us all read a short Kafka story. And apparently in Germany, everyone is raised reading Kafka, and they all know Kafka really well. Kafka, apparently, according to her, famously said, none of my stories mean anything. It's just word association. I'm just writing whatever feels good. According to her. I don't know if this is true. So then she said that there's an entire industry around trying to figure out what his stories mean based on his personal life. So... Ben and I and someone that's none of your business, we're all going to get together and we're going to list, uh, we're going to read these books and she's going to be like a teacher saying, have you done your homework and uh, what's your story about? We have to tell it. And then she's going to say, what does your story mean? And we're not supposed to cheat. We're supposed to try and guess what does the horse symbolize? Why is there like someone's fingernail involved? There was that one part about a person's tooth and we have to figure out what it all means. And then she's going to yell at us about how we're wrong because we're dumb Americans. So that's next week. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait either to be berated by a shouty German woman. Yes. <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a, a sharp departure from the polite Canadians that we have. On I know. Yeah. This was a nice episode. You guys are all nice and young and smooth and you're not sweaty. So thanks for listening. And, uh, and we'll see you all uh, next week. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I can't believe I waved a goodbye. Did you? <laughs>If you liked what you heard on this episode of the Book Boys, how about you check out the website? Go over to nuzzlehouse.com. There you can see all of the previous episodes of the Book Boys, as well as Glenn's other project, Leaves of Glenn. Also there, there's a link to our affiliate shop at bookshop.org. Bookshop.org slash shop slash nuzzlehouse. Bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Also, find us and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta. Now, careful, this one's a little backwards. We're there at House Nuzzle, not Nuzzle House. That's House Nuzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and slide into our DMs if you have any praise or suggestions or complaints. We'll take anything. Please just pay attention to us and interact with us. Thank you for listening. Yeah, don't okay. worry. It's back. We're going to talk about books. Let's get wet. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's get nasty. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's have some fun today. All right. Okay.